I'm so privileged to share uh, this morning. I, it's still nerve-wracking being up here, but I know God has given me something to share with you, and I pray each and every, every one of you get something out of it. Um, if it's okay, I'd like to just start in prayer. It's always a really great way to start when we're listening to the Word of God. So um, if you wouldn't mind just bowing your heads and praying with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful for today. We're so grateful for today, the opportunity to be in your presence, the opportunity to hear from you. Lord, I just pray that your words um, will be on my lips this morning, Lord, that whatever people here need to hear from you, Lord, that it will just um, fill their spirits, their souls this morning, Lord Jesus. And I trust that you will speak life um, through me this morning. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Um, as John said, we have been deep in our Bible reading plan. Um, I've been up and down with it because I've also been doing um, some online study with C3 College. So I've been like in the New Testament and in the Old Testament and all over the place. Um, but that's really great because it has led me to loving Isaiah because Isaiah is in the Old Testament. Lots of you know, story and history and stuff happening, but there's also a lot of prophetic word in Isaiah about the New Testament. So it's really cool to like read them in contrast. So I encourage you, if you are like not up to date or in the Bible, like just start now because I missed a couple of like first and second Kings and stuff. But then I just jumped in right in Isaiah because I knew it. I'm sorry, I'm saying Isaiah because I've been watching all the Bible Project videos and they're American, but Isaiah, Isaiah, however you want to say it. Um, but I jumped straight into Isaiah because that's where I'm speaking out of this morning. So I've watched all the videos. So don't feel discouraged if you've missed bits. Just like pick the next book. Like if you start with Isaiah now, you probably have like, only like a week to catch up on. So like just jump in wherever. It'll be great. Find a friend, be like, where are you up to? And just jump alongside. Um, but what I get to speak to you about this morning is um, the topic that Pastor Bruce has given us. He's actually speaking on this as well down at Parkside, um, is that God chooses to speak to us. I love that there's this like joke that we um, share in like worship practice and other teams sometimes and we say like, huh, same spirit. Because I swear Pastor John has read some of my notes already with where he was, what he's already been sharing. I'm like, did you take a peek? Because that's not fair, given using all my material. But no, I love that God chooses to speak to us. Um, when I first started preparing, I started going down the line of, um, you know, how we can listen to God and maybe who God has spoken to in the Bible. And um, there's lots of different ways I could have taken it this morning. But um, I was talking to Pastor Bruce during the week and we were just reflecting on um, different people in the Bible that God has already spoken to. And we've read about some of them already. So we've got like Adam and Eve, obviously the first man and woman to hear from God. Um, Abraham, Moses, Noah. Noah got the instructions to build an ark. Um, David. There's so many other people that encountered God and his voice. Um, some people heard the audible word of God. Some was like through visions, dreams. Um, you even read of some people that heard from God, but they didn't actually even understand that it was him or that's what they were hearing. Um, but in Isaiah, we start to read through some of the prophets of the Bible. So Isaiah is a prophet. Um, you might have heard of some of the other ones, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Malachi. Um, there's a bunch of bigger books in the Old Testament that are prophets. There's a few little ones too. Uh, Obadiah, lots of fun names if you need some baby name inspiration. There's some fun ones in there. <laughs> um, yeah, they might come back into fashion, that's fun. Um, but yeah, the prophets um, were all people that encountered God and they heard from him. Um, but what I love about the prophets is they didn't hear a word 
just for them. They weren't people that were just like, God, speak to me and like insulated what they heard. But they were actually people that encountered God, heard the word of God and shared it with, in some cases, entire nations. So they had an incredible privilege and a challenge, um, charge from God to share his word with nations. But um, in Isaiah, we read a nation that was rebelling against God. You know, right from the start of the Bible, people, the humans, we were hearing God, but we were not listening to what he was saying. Um, and so as we get through some of the Old Testament, we just start reading about more and more people that they know the word of God, they know what's good for them, they know the laws, but they're just still rebelling against God. And Isaiah predicts that the whole book is a message of um, sort of warning of God's judgment. So, you know, if you keep doing this, like this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to end up in exile. You're going to be in Babylon. You're going to be far, far away from God. Um, or there's, but there's also a message of hope. Like if you repent, if you come back to him, you know, God wants to restore you. God wants to love you. Um, and as Isaiah predicts around chapter 39, um, he predicts the exile. And then I think it's about 100 years after that. Guess what happens? Jerusalem falls to Babylon and they go into exile. Um, so there's lots of, lots of stories. Um, that's just one of them that we've been currently reading about God speaking to his people and people not listening. Um, I'm not sure about you, but I, I haven't had an Adam and Eve, Abraham, Moses, Noah experience where God's like literally been like, hi, Kirby, do this. You know, growing up in church, um, I always remember we'd like do the skit from time to time, either in like Christmas plays or um, other things. I should have teed someone up to do this because that would have been great. But, you know, you get someone to hide in the back room with a microphone and they pretend that it's the word of God. It's like, hello, I'm speaking to you. And it's like the old little the skit. But I don't know about you, but I have never heard from God like that. Um, it's just, it might happen one day, but, you know, God speaks to us in many different ways. And if I was to spend the rest of my life expecting that's the only way God will speak to me, I'm probably going to be disappointed because God has lots of other ways. So instead of today speaking just like how to hear from God, like trust me, you can Google it, get many five-step, five step, eight-step, 12-step ideas on how you can hear from God. Um, but today I really wanted to speak about how we can choose to listen to God. So the first one I want to jump right into so I don't run out of time is choose to read his word. We've got a Bible plan. We're reading his word. It is full of gold. Um, as I mentioned, there's already people like Abraham, Moses, those sort of people heard from God. Um, the prophets had a word to speak to others. Um, but as I said, if we, tip, if we just think, uh, I need to hear like Abraham did, or if I read the story of Noah and go, I'm not getting a thousand-step manual on how to build my house like he got to build an ark, I'm going to be disappointed. Uh, in 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, it says, All scripture is God-breathed. And you, you might have heard that verse or like paraphrased a few times, just thrown out, you know, all, God, all scriptures from God, full stop. But it actually says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Righteousness, how to be right, how to have a right relationship with God. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God equips us. It's not just fun, scary, weird stories. It's actually designed to equip us. 
instructions. There's promises from God, teaching. He's just a few that I had picked out. There's, li- there's so many, but I just picked these few. Um, the boys at the back don't have them, so I'm just going to read them quickly. In Joshua 21, it says, Not a single one of all of the good promises of the Lord, the, sorry, the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. In Deuteronomy, it says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. One of my favourite promises of God. In Psalm 37, it says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. There is so much in Scripture that you can get and use to encourage you. It is God, literally speaking, not because he is speaking right now but because he has already spoken this whole book is full this is my version of it is full of God's word what he has already spoken to you and to me um sometimes you hear the old story of like flipping open your bible and like putting your finger on a verse like hoping that that is how the word will speak to you um it's funny if you try it because you get some really weird things like, you know, I could be going through a situation, flip open and put my finger on like a genealogy of some family. I'm like, that's not exactly going to help me with my scenario. Um, it might work. I have heard stories where it has actually spoken great, but that's not going to work every time. The way we use this to hear God's voice is that we actually have to read it. We actually have to spend time getting in our spirit understanding it, discussing it. You know, we have um, Tim Scott um, leads some amazing Bible study groups that we're doing. Come to the next one. I don't know if you know the date off the top of your head, Tim. Don't? Roughly? It's coming up. We'll tell you about it. (laughs) Um, It'll be in a few months' time probably. But unpack the Word of God. Understand how it was relevant, where it comes from. Um, In... I didn't actually write down the verse from this. I'm pretty sure it's Ephesians. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. But we're learning about the armour of God in C3 Kids at the moment. And there it says, Therefore put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. The armour of God equips us so we stay standing, whatever comes our way. In, um, for like a Roman, if we think of an actual sword and armour for soldiers... The sword, when it was sharpened, could pierce through almost anything. Like, it's sharper than a chef's knife. Like, it will damage. And it's not a weapon that people used. It's not part of the armour that people used to shield themselves. It was actually an offensive weapon. Like, you don't walk around with your sword, like, hiding behind it, hoping no one gets you. Soldiers use their sword to be on the offence, to attack In Hebrews 4, 12, it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This right here is sharper than any sword. When you know it, when it's in you, whatever you face, you can pull it out like your sword and be on the offence and come against whatever's coming against you. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I, I was worked out with mum the other day. I was probably about six or seven years old. Um, I hated bedtime and not for the reasons most kids do. I had quite a wild imagination and every night, actually some nights it was all of them at once, uh, couldn't go to sleep because the wind was going to blow the windows in and the glass in. So I didn't want to sleep next to the window. The house, the roof was just going to collapse on me. Uh, we had a wood fire 
like a wood heater all enclosed, a spark from the wood was going to get out and burn the house down. Or the like something from the PowerPoint, the electric would fail and the house would have a like electrical fire. Or I know the um, the robbers would like someone would literally break in through my window or the door wasn't locked and mum would literally spend so much time being like there's a safety switch on the electricity. If there's a faulty appliance, the power will cut off. The wood, the fire is sealed, it's turned down. There's no fire getting out of this steel box. The house has been made well. It's not gonna just like decide to give up and fall on you. Um, the wind is not that strong. Maybe if you live in like tornado country, but in Little Hampton, the wind is not strong enough to blow windows in. And she would logically go through everything to try and calm me down. But night after night, even though I know that logic, it didn't work. And so she used to pray Psalm 91 out of the message over me. And that was the only thing that would actually work. She um, was reminding me that she paraphrased some of it and skipped over the bits about like corpses and stuff because she thought that might make it worse <laughs> to a seven-year-old being like, hang on, why are you talking about corpse now? <laughs> but no, she used Psalm 91. Um, I didn't actually even write it down, but it's a psalm of protection and God's protection over me. And that's what she used to speak. And that is what calmed me. That is what got through past what logic said and into my spirit so that I would be okay. Um, but it had me thinking. We, are in, we all have probably a circumstance in our life, major, small, big, it doesn't matter, where we're hoping God will share, like, will speak to us. We're hoping God will tell us what to do. He'll give us some insight. But maybe instead of waiting to hear God's word, maybe you need to start speaking God's word to that circumstance. Sometimes we can stand there going like, oh, God, I don't know what to do here. But maybe if you get the word in you, you can actually start declaring that word on your circumstance and take the offense with his word like a sword. So that's the first one. The second one, choose who you listen to. Um, a very early example of this is right at the start of creation. Adam and, Eve's, Adam and Eve sorry, chose to follow the voice of the serpent instead of the voice of truth. Now, they didn't get faced with a scenario where God was saying, do this, and straight away the serpent was saying, no, do this. God had already told them what they needed to know. But they let doubt creep in. And when the serpent come and said, did God really say that you would die? You certainly will not die. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. And so rather than trusting and listening to the voice they knew they should listen to, they listened to the wrong voice. They disregarded what God had already spoken. Um, we have leaders, we have people in our life that God has placed there, teachers, leaders, so when we hear their word, we hear their instruction, we hear sermons, we do Bible studies together, we're already hearing the word of God and we need to carry that with us so that when we have the opportunity to listen to the voice of God or someone else, we are firm and know that we can trust in the word of God. Um, even this morning, this is not clearly in my notes because I didn't know what was going to happen, Pastor John inviting people to come and be prayed for, like I know... John, Pastor John is my leader, has a prophetic gift. I know that him standing up here saying there's people with sore backs and God wants to heal them is not him doing it just for fun. And I know I could have, like, I went to the physio literally on Wednesday to have treatment on my back because I work at computers. I have a really bad just 
office back, computer back. Um, and I'm always praying for God to heal it. And I could have chosen in that moment to not listen to God and accept that opportunity. So I came down and I got prayed for. It's feeling great right now. So I'm going to like, I'm saying it now, there'll be a testimony coming in weeks to come if someone else doesn't beat me to it. Hopefully. Hopefully there's lots of testimonies. Um, but last year... I had the privilege of sharing in our month of prayer and I shared about um, a decision that I had to make that came to work. Um, and during the time, like I shared, um, so you, you can go back and watch it, you can ask me the full story if you want. But um, I shared last year that I went and saw Pastor Julie and actually talked through that scenario. And she didn't say to me after I'd told her all of the options, all of the stuff, she didn't be like, okay, so this is my opinion and this is what I think you should do. She is my leader and this is why I went to her and I trust her, went... What is God saying to you? She helped me channel out the different voices to work out what was God, what was the world. Um, the choice I had, like, it wasn't a bad choice. I could have made a decision. But the voices that I was hearing being like, you know, this could be better for your career. This could be better for you to buy a house one day. This could be, like, lots of different things. But I knew um, many years ago, I shared with Pastor Julie after I started working here, I knew that I had a calling to work in the house of God. It is something that had always been in my spirit. Um, it's certainly not something we do for career or money. That's, it's not a thing at all. Um, and I know that by having a leader that I trust, that I've sat alongside, that I've shared those things with, in that moment where I had options on the table, she was able to remind me of what God had already spoken. Like Adam and Eve, if they had had someone to be like, oh, I'm not sure what to do here. God did tell us this but we're hearing this now. If they had someone walking the walk with them, they might have made a different decision. They might have had someone going, do you really think that that's right or what about what God said? Um, so that's why doing life together is so important. Um, but what I didn't get to share last year because it was really like right when it was happening, um, after I had made my decision, I spent about nine weeks not knowing what the outcome of my decision would be. I went to work every day for nine weeks, just waiting. And even um, at, by this point, Pastor Bruce, Pastor John Emma all knew what was going on. And some days I'd like, they'd be like, oh, so you've got any updates? And I'd say to them, oh, no, but I'm thinking maybe this and this and this and this could happen, but I'm not sure. And then this happened and I had this conversation. And like, I was trying to like work it all out. And all of them at different times just said, stop, trust in your decision trust in the word of God because I knew I had felt a peace when I made my decision in Isaiah 26 it says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you so I had people in my life that reminded me continuously look back to God don't look at all of the weird scenarios that your imagination's coming up with same as when I was a child with the burglars and things keep your eyes fixed on God and that is why it's so important to do life in a community like this together. Because we also have friends that aren't Christians. We have other influences, colleagues, voices that can influence our decisions. And we need to be a community together, connect groups, friends, leaders, teachers that are in the word of God, have the word of God in us, are worshiping, are in his spirit, spending time in his presence so we can all together help keep each other on track. So go to connect group. That's it. Should have mean that like just a separate little point. <laughs> Choose to go to Connect Group. Um, but yeah, no, so that was a journey I went through. And I look back now and I was sharing with our um, 
girls' discipleship group yesterday that the scenario that actually came to pass was so much better than any of the scenarios that I could think of. And yes, I spent nine weeks waiting, not really sure, being reminded to sit in the peace that I had felt, um, but God came through. And the scenario on the other side of it now is just, it, like, it just, it works and it's amazing. Um, and I kind of even, I was talking to Pastor Bruce through the week and he was like, well, whatever happened to that, you know, you preached last time. I was like, oh, I, was like, I kind of forgot about it because it all worked out and I just kind of left it behind. So again, power of testimony is another amazing thing because it helps us remind and spur each other on with what God is doing in our lives and how he is speaking to us. Um, and the third one, um, this kind of sits a bit different to the other two, but it just has been sitting on my heart um, reading through Isaiah. Um, and the third choice you can make to listen to God is to choose to live in a place of gratitude and thanksgiving. Um, as I said, Pastor John was clearly reading my notes because he was also sharing about that just before. Um, but I want to ask you a question this morning. Is your complaining stopping you from hearing the word of God? Wrong attitudes, resentment can create distance in any relationship, but in our relationship with God. If we're resenting him, if we're blaming him, we're not going to really be hearing his word because we're wanting to hear what we want to hear. We want to hear the right answer so that we can like twist it to get what we want to make the best outcome that we can see. But if we're doing that, God, he's got a better outcome that we can't imagine. So we've got to live in a place of gratitude and thanksgiving. Complaint is an accusation. Sometimes I feel like we can complain and it feels like we're just having a whinge. But complaint is actually accusation. We say, we might like flippantly say like, God, like what are you doing? You're not taking care, like, you know, why haven't you answered this for me? In Isaiah 40, 27, it says, why do you complain, Jacob? Do you not know? Have you not heard? There was complaint. It was blocking him from hearing the word of God. Just a little bit below that, um, which I didn't give the boys at the back, says, have you not heard? Let me just find it. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. We can't understand God's plan. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than what we can fathom. So when we complain, we block the ability to hear what God is saying to us. Complaining at its root is saying and declaring that God is not sufficiently good, faithful, loving, wise or powerful. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to stand face to face to God and say, God, you do not love me or God, you are not powerful. But when I'm complaining to him, that at its root is exactly what I am saying to him. I'm saying, God, you are not faithful. You are not true. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, it says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's pretty simple. We can spend so much time worrying about what God's will for our life is, but it says it right here. Rejoice always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. When we can't understand it, when we can't fathom it, when we have no idea what God is doing, don't complain, thank him. Do not underestimate the power of thanksgiving 
but also do not underestimate the power of complaint. It will block and damage your relationship with God. In Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I read a great analogy that I, it was separate to this verse, but when I read this, it reminded me of this verse, and it was from a 10-year-old. It says, I love, I love kids. They're just so black and white sometimes, and that's sometimes what we need as adults. <laughs> um, but God puts us, um, lets us walk through particular circumstances for a reason. Everything God does and lets us do is for a reason. A lot of bad things can come together to make one big good thing. Like when you make a cake, everything you put in it is not always going to taste good by itself. Raw eggs, unless you're John and you make eggnog with it, but you do you. Uh, Not everything is going to taste good by itself, but cake, now cake is very good. And that just reminded me of that verse, you know, we can walk through small little seasons and blips that just feel a bit weird and off But if we walk through them thanking God, knowing that at the end of all of it, he's going to work it together for good, how much better are we setting ourselves up to succeed than if we walk through all of those things complaining? Because the cake at the end of that is not going to taste very good. It's probably going to be burnt. It might not even, it might be like flat. Like I tried to make a gluten-free, dairy-free kind of box brownie thing the other day. It was not very good. Um... No, it was not good. But that's okay. I complained probably that it, I was having to not eat real food. Anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> everything you put in it is not going to taste good by itself. But God lets us walk through seasons knowing that we will get through the other side. Some seasons might feel like raw eggs. Some seasons might taste like bicarb soda. It's like when you get a lump of that in like a pancake or something you make and it's like sour but at the end of the day cake is really good and God has good things in store for us he wants us to get there so if we walk through all those scenarios giving thanks praying continually rejoicing always that is God's will for us and I don't know about you but I want to walk in God's will and so that's the easiest way to do it. So I just want to recap on all those three things. If I could get our worship team to join us again, please. Three things you can choose to listen to God. Instead of walking through your scenario thinking God is not speaking, you can choose to listen by reading his word, getting it in your spirit. Choose whose voice you're listening to. Get around people whose voices will speak into you. Be a person who speaks into others. Don't just take it all for yourself. And three, live in a place of gratitude and thanksgiving. I'd like to invite everyone just to stand with me as I close today. You know, there will be seasons in each of our lives where it feels like God is not taking care of us. It's inevitable. We live in a broken world. We read on the news scenarios that we couldn't even imagine being a part of. We hear war, terror, so much despair. And I'm so grateful that I have a hope that is greater than above all of that because I really don't know how life would be without that. 
I hear stories of sickness, illness, loved ones I know going through things that I can't fathom or understand. But I have a hope that's greater than anything I can find on this earth. And that hope is Jesus. You know, in Isaiah, he prophesies to the nation of Jerusalem that there is a King coming. And if you're living back in that time where you could have heard that prophecy, they didn't know it was gonna be Jesus. They didn't know when he was coming. There's stories that they thought it might've been this King or that King, but then ultimately that human failed, something happened. But we have the benefit of hindsight. Thousands of years later, we know that the King Isaiah was talking about that would restore all of humanity is Jesus. He is the hope that Isaiah prophesied about, the hope of the world. And right now, if you don't know that hope, if you don't have that hope, if you feel like you're walking through something and you can't understand it and you don't know where to turn to, I wanna give you a moment to focus back on Jesus, whether it's your first time, whether it's your hundredth time, whether you've done it literally every day of your life. It is never too late. You've never done it too many times. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Right now, as everyone's eyes are closed, I just wanna give you a moment to reflect back on that time where you met Jesus for the first time. Or if you haven't, met Him at all, I want to give you an opportunity for today to be that day because Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to walk with you every day, every moment. He wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. He is already speaking to you. Have you not heard there's a King and a Saviour that loves you and wants to spend every minute of the rest of your life with you. The greatest hope, the greatest promise. So right now, however that may feel for you, whether it's your first time or your hundredth time, if you just wanna refocus back on Jesus and declare that no one else is looking other than me, if you wanna just own that this morning and just say, yeah, God, I've complained, but I wanna rejoice in You. Yes, Jesus, I'm a bit lost. I'm feeling a bit stuck, but I wanna rejoice in You. I want Your hope in me. I want You to just raise Your hand, hold Your hands out to the side. As I said, first time, hundredth time, Jesus wants to meet with You afresh every day. And I just wanna pray with You so that you can feel and be reminded of that love of God that Jesus has for you. Dear Jesus, we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful that you came to this earth. You fulfilled the prophecies from years before. You sacrificed everything so that we may know you, so that we may have your hope in our hearts every day so that we can be near You, near to God. We can have the Holy Spirit in us. We're so thankful, Jesus, that You died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins, 
to fix any time that we have wandered or separated ourselves from God. We are so thankful that you forgive us continually so that we can draw near again. So right now, we just draw near to you, Jesus. As we enter back into this song and worship you, Lord, I just pray that your spirit rests and your presence falls on each person here, Lord Jesus, young and old, that our hearts may be open to hear from him through your word, through our leaders, through our friends and that we may walk in thanksgiving, rejoicing your name every day for the rest of our lives. Thank you, Jesus. I encourage you to just push in in as we go back to this song. Worship Him. Open your hearts to Him because Jesus loves you. Amen.